0: Okay, so here's what we're going to do. This morning is um, going to be really, really practical. Um, this is the last week of the love buzz. Um, so what we kind of said about the love buzz is like when we get filled with the love of God, then it just kind of oozes. That's the word we've been using, right? Oozing. It just oozes out of us. And so the first week we talked about personal, the personal buzz, like this friendship with Jesus, and then it kind of oozes out privately into the family. So this is the family, right? It's like a big family dinner. Um, and then after that, it kind of oozes out even more publicly, which would be like the city, people all around Albemarle and Stanley County. So this morning is practical. Um, I want to make sure we want to help you understand kind of how you're gifted so that you know how God can use you. So um, you got to talk at your table, and here's the first thing I want you to talk about. And we're going to have a mic. We'll take that mic around. Um, so if you got something you want to say, everybody can hear you. Here's the first thing I want you to talk about at your table. Don't get serious on me either, okay? Don't be too spiritual. Just, just answer honestly and have fun with this. What is, some, so what is something that you don't like to do, but you have to do? What is, what is something that you don't like to do, but you have to do? Talk about it at your table for a few minutes, and then we'll get some of your answers. Go ahead. Something you don't like to do, but you have to do. Okay, so um, things that you have to do, but you don't necessarily like to do, things that you have to do, but you don't necessarily like to do. Um, if you got an answer, raise your hand, and we're going to make Richard, I'd like to make Richard run all over this room, so go ahead. He's coming to you with a mic, because these would be great answers, we want to hear them. Love your enemies. Love your enemies, okay, that's, we started light, that's good. <laughs> we we just jumped in the deep end on that one, didn't we? And did you hear by they were like, oh, oh man, like you had to go there, wow. Yes, go ahead. I got to walk the dog in the morning. Walk the dog in the morning, all right. Give my little girl a shot. Give your little girl a shot. I was like, I had answers like, be constipated. Clean. Wow, clean y'all are the, deep. Clean the litter box. Clean the litter, ooh. Clean the litter box. Just pay taxes. Pay taxes. Nice. Nice. Some others raise your hands high. Laundry. Laundry. Anybody else say yes to laundry? Okay. Okay, I'm only saying this under great duress. I'm a task-oriented guy. You know that. Mm -hmm. I hate to be in the middle of something and have to go to the bathroom. There's a thing called too much information. But one thing for sure, in about 15 minutes, if John stands up, we'll be like, oh, yeah. We know where he's going. All right. Okay. So these are things that we that we hate to do, we have to do but we don't necessarily like to do okay that, now I want, you, I want you to flip it around okay at your table I want you to flip that around I want you to talk about things that you like to do but you don't necessarily have to do. Things that you like to do but you don't necessarily have to do okay we are flipping it around. Things that you like to do but you don't necessarily have to do. Go ahead. All right. Um, was this easier or harder than the first one? Just curious. This was harder? Okay. Oh, um, well, that just blows the whole sermon. Fantastic. I'm just kidding. All right, so if you got one, raise your hand. Um, we'd love to hear it all the way. it just go and start running around. Make him run. Make him run. Things that you like to do but don't necessarily have to do. I love to baby people. You love what? To baby people. Like, oh, it's okay. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Going on vacation. Going on vacation. Yeah, that's a good answer there. Facebook. Facebook. Okay. You enjoy Facebook, you don't necessarily have to do it. Although I know people that... I think they have to do it. They'll explode, spontaneously combust. Anybody else things that you like to do, but don't necessarily have to do? How about running around with the microphone? Yes, yeah, that yours? I like to drive my truck really fast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I just love how you, you just kind of bookend everything for us, right? Like we started off with love your enemies, and we ended with, I just like drive my truck really fast. I love that. That's, fan, that's fantastic. Um, so the, the idea here is that the things that we really enjoy doing, we don't feel like we have to do them. They just, right? You just kind of do them. You just enjoy it. Um you've got, you got a note sheet, um, you write whatever you want to on it, but at the top for the big idea, let's at least write that in. Let me say it, and then let me explain it, and then we'll um, quickly get to this test that we're going to take. Um, here's what it means, here's what it is. Now, it's the love buzz, okay, that's important. Remember, the series is called the love buzz. So, the big idea today is, it's easier to buzz when you know what makes you hum, yeah, it's, it's cheesy, I, I, it's really bad, but you'll never forget it, and that's the whole point. It's easier to buzz when you know what makes you hum. We won't go around with a microphone, but just think about this. What's something that if you were just talking at your table right now, what's something that would just naturally come up in your conversation from you? You wouldn't even have to think about it. Let me give you some examples. If you just had a baby, the baby. If you just got a new job, the new job. If you just bought a car, the car. The things that are in you that just kind of naturally come out of you. The things that make you hum. That's it's easier to buzz when you know what makes you hum. So it's important to know like how we how we made how we created. Like what is it about me that makes me just want to ooze out of myself? Right? You, you with me? Okay. So here we go. Here's what we're going to do. Two things today. Um, <clears throat> one, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. I'm going to give you five verses, and at your tables, you're going to talk just for a minute, just for a minute, about what these verses, what you get out of these verses, okay? Just for one minute. You got to talk fast. One minute. Because we got to get to this test. Here's what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Um, these are the things. Um, remember last week we talked about. The diagnostic test, are you a user, an abuser, or an oozer, right? If we don't learn what makes us hum, if we don't learn what our spiritual gifts are, then we're going to eventually become a user and an abuser. We're not going to mean to, but we're going to serve as best we can, and then we're going to get empty and grouchy and grumpy, and you know people like this, right? And they're not any good to anybody. And so when people walk in and they want the love of Jesus, we say stuff like, great to have you, if we even talk to them. Okay, and then they're like, wow, I'd heard really good stuff about this place, but I'm out the door, right? They'll walk in on the left side of the wall, and they'll walk right around the circle and go back out. Okay, this will be like our roundabout. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. So it's important to know this is what spiritual gifts do. When we find out what makes us hum, we buzz, that we ooze out of that. We just serve. It kind of naturally happens, lowers the burnout. So here's what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. First verse. And we're going to put them up on the screens if you don't want to take time to look them up. First Corinthians 12, 1 First Corinthians 12.1. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this. Now about spiritual gifts, brother, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. About spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So real, one minute, just one minute at your table. What do you take away from that? What are you learning? What's, what's God saying to you from that verse? Go. One minute. So here's the things I'm, I'm taking away from this verse. Probably matches what you, what you took away. One, um, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. So what that means is God wants us to learn about the gifts. And that just says to me that it's intentional, right? Nobody happens to end up in school. You go because your parents said, get out of bed, get in the car, I'm driving you and putting you in school. Nobody just would happen to end up there. You have to be intentional. If you want to learn about the gifts, you have to be intentional. Um, and right now, somebody in here, type A, is going, that wasn't a minute. That was like 47 seconds. It was a minute in the movie. First Peter four ten. First Peter four ten says this. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. What do we learn from First Peter four ten? What are some observations that you make at your table? One minute. You'll have to actually talk. Go. All right, first Peter four ten says. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms Here's something that you can learn right away. Everybody has at least one gift Now that should be a shocker because you're looking at people at your table right now going seriously These jokers have at least one gift Everybody has at least one gift each one should use whatever gift they've received. Um, and I love this. Maybe you didn't catch this Using the gifts we have is what opens the door for the grace of God so you have you have you been in churches where you're like, I think there's supposed to be grace, but I don't feel it. Sometimes the reason we don't feel grace in the church is because nobody's using their gifts. We're all sitting there taking, right? Nobody's serving, nobody's using their gifts, so there's no the door's not being opened for grace. First Timothy four fourteen. First Timothy four fourteen says this do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. 1 Timothy 4.14. What can we learn from that? Real quick, discuss. This table says in front of me, they don't ever need a minute. They're like 28 seconds, 47 seconds. So beat this table, go. What can we learn from that verse? I think probably one thing we can learn from this verse is that God wants us to use our gift. Is that fair to say? He wants you to use the gift. And then um, I loved in Lauren's video, she talked a lot about community. Have you heard that word around here ever? Yeah, listen, I don't know if you caught this in this verse, but the gift of God was in him because the elders laid hands on him, which means that the body plays a huge role in how we discover our gifts. Did you catch that? So we talk about this a lot, right? Like um, people that love Jesus, but don't want anything to do with the church are like somebody carrying around a head without a body. I mean, picture that, right? Like the bloody head of Jesus. I got Jesus, me and Jesus, but there's no body. It's disgusting. It's weird. It's not how we normally think of church. So you've kind of got to have like the body to help you discover the best you that you can be. I love that. The last two verses are going to be in Ephesians. Um, We've been in this book for a while. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says this. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers; those are gifts given to the body. Verse twelve: to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. One minute. Let's go with that one. What do we learn from that passage? What do we learn from Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven and twelve? <laughs> Ephesians four, eleven and twelve. Um, I think I heard Tiffany say this at your table: God gives us gifts. To build up the body, right? Is that what you said? Nicely done. It's wrong, but it's fantastic. I'm kidding. Just kidding. It's good. Um, He gives us gifts, one, to prepare us for serving. Did you see that? The gifts are given so we can serve, and then our serving is what builds up the body. And so if we kind of, it says builds up the body, but think of fills up the body, right? So when we serve, we fill up the body, and what have we been learning through the love buzz? When we fill up the body, what happens? We ooze out, right? That's like the chocolate milkshake from McDonald's that's full all the way and you put the lid on top and it oozes out in the bottom or the sides and you start licking it with your tongue. Okay, that's what happens. Last one, um, and this is one we quote this all the time at church. I love this verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is the junior high verse, the middle school verse, all right? Because everybody in middle school is like, I got big ears, I got big nose, I've got, I smell bad, nobody can use me, my arms drag the floor, you know, God messed up when He made me. Every middle schooler, this is your verse, this is your life verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, says this, but we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You get one minute to talk about that. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do. Go. One minute. What do we learn from that verse about giftedness? So Ephesians 2.10, here's what we learn. God's made us with gifts, right? Because we're his workmanship, so he's, he's gifted you and the person next to you. And he did it for a reason. Listen, I love this phrase. God made works for us that match his work in us. It's really cool. Like he's made you specifically to go do works, and he's already prepared the works for you. He's already prepared you. It's just a matter of like getting you together, right? You and your works together. So that's what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Now let's talk about number two, um, steps to help discover spiritual gifts. Um, here's why this is important, because all the teaching in the world about gifts is pointless if we don't actually figure out what they are, right? Um, I, it's like kind of like lecture lab. Um, sometimes you have to get the lecture, but you really need the lab. And and here's why. Because in the lecture, the professor is telling you stuff. Like right now, this is a lecture, right? I mean, I know we're sitting around tables and you've got stuff to drink and, you know, you can eat. But this is a lecture. I'm talking, you're listening. That's a lecture. And that's usually what we do in church almost all the time. It's what you do in school. It's the thing that, like, none of us are really wired for that, but we all keep doing it. Sometimes it's just necessary. But if that's all we ever do, then you walk out of here going, what did we talk about? But now take what you learned into a lab. Like if you blow something up in a lab, that makes an impression, right? Like if, here, let me give you an example. If I tell you right now, hey, whatever you do, never drop a red gummy bear into a tube of potassium chlorate, you would say, okay, but if I show you what happens, let's go into the lab for just a second. Now, right about now, you're thinking a couple of things. One, wow. Two, what a waste of a gummy bear. And three, I'm trying it. Right? Like, how do you spell potassium chlorate, and how can I find that? The point here is, it's one thing to hear about it. It's something else to practice, experience, experiment, just try things, okay? So we're going to kind of, for the next few minutes, we're going into the lab, all right, you've got some things on, on your table. You've got some spiritual gift tests. Um, we're going to do those. This is our lab for the day, okay? And let me tell you why we're going to do it. Here's, here's some practical things, four practical things we can do to um, kind of help us figure out our gifts. Number one is explore, and here's what that means. You just start digging around a little bit. You start investigating the gifts. The test that's on your table, this is kind of our attempt at exploring the gifts. Um, you can take it at your table manually. Um, it'll, take you, it'll probably take you five minutes to do that. If you've got a smart device and you want to take it on your smart device, you can go to our website, thegatheringnow.com, right now. And the first image that you'll see on our website, you can click it, and um, you just put in your, your name and your email address. You'll get an email that will be mailed to you. You can click that. And it'll take you right to the test. You can take it online. It really takes literally like two minutes online to do that. Um, if you can't do that, let's we'll do it right now at the table. You can go grab you a test. Here's why we're doing it. Here's why we're, and if, you don't, if there's not enough at your table, there's enough. There's some over here that you just get up and go get what you need, okay? Um, here's why we're doing it. Because, again, it doesn't do any good to talk about gifts if we don't know what they are. And if we don't know what ours is. Um, All you're going to do is answer honestly, zero, one, two, or three, the statement that's there. Let me go ahead and set your mind at ease right away. Some of these, you're going to feel bad for putting a zero, but I'm your pastor, and so when I read the one that says something like, when I see somebody that's hurting, I really want to pray for them, I put zero, and then I felt like I was going to go to hell, right? Right? But my first reaction is, nah. I'll find somebody else to pray with them. Um, You know what I'm saying? So we want you not to feel bad for how you answer. Just answer it honestly. And you're going to do the scoring on the back sheet. It'll literally take you about five minutes. And when you add up all the scores, you'll have probably three that'll be your top three. Don't take the test trying to score a certain score in a certain area. Just answer honestly and then add up the scores, okay? Now, listen, while you're doing this, I'm going to walk around, when he's walking around. We're just going to kind of mingle around, make sure you, if you've got questions, grab us, and we'll make sure you get it taken, get it scored, and, um, and then we'll tell you what to do after that. Is that cool? Does everybody understand? Yes? All right. Go for it. Keep, talk, keep um, taking your test. I'm just going to talk to you a little bit while you're doing that, while you're finishing up. Um, if you had trouble trying to access it, When you get home today on your computers, go to the website, thegatheringnow.com, and um, click that first, the first image that you'll see. It's also on our Facebook page. There's an an image there as well. You can click a link, um, so you can go straight to it and take it on your computer as well. So this is part of exploring. Here's the second thing that you can do. You're fine. Keep taking the test. Um, after you get your results, you want to start experimenting. And, and this, we've really tried to create an atmosphere here at the church where you can try things without the fear of failure. Um, and if you think about it, you ever heard the phrase, failure is not an option? Like here it's really not because you really can't fail if you're trying to use the gifts that you have. Um, you'll, on, your, on your table, and there should be enough for everybody to take um, at least one copy, You'll see a one-sheet thing that says, if you scored high in, you might be good on, or something to that effect. And it just kind of lists all the all the gifts. And if you scored really high in mercy, it just kind of lists for you ministries at our church right now that you may do well in. Now, let me give you an example of how sometimes what you're doing isn't what you're gifted to do, or even how you'll test well in. I'm your pastor. And oddly enough, although this might mean that I really am terrible at teaching, teaching is like in my lowest half of how I graded. I thought it would be like the top. I was really proud of myself as a good teacher, and then I took the test and realized I should quit. Um, Shepherding, which is a really good quality to have if you're a pastor. I don't score high in shepherding. Uh, I scored high in knowledge and prophecy and faith. Thankfully, if you look at the sheet on your table, it says that if you score high on those things, you can be a pastor. Yay, I don't have to quit. <laughs> so sometimes you can take these tests and however you score, you'll, I don't want you to feel like you have to do a certain thing just because you scored a certain way. Um, you get to experiment. And so here's where the third the third thing comes in. Examine. So if you... If you score high in a certain area and you match that up with a ministry hit the church, um, let's say that you are very hospitable. Um, I think that's one of the, the things you can score high in. One of the gifts is hospitality. If you scored high in that and you say, hey, I think that means on your sheet you'd be a great host of a community group. So you host a community group. And after two or you do know, one quarter of community groups, and after that quarter is over, you sit back and you start asking yourself, "How did I? How did I feel?" Let's examine that. How did I feel as I was hosting that? If you say, "I wanted to kill people," well, I don't care what the score says. You probably don't need to host a community group, right? Because we don't want to have murder added to the things that we do here at the gathering. Um, you may be, and, and I've known people like this, you might have scored very low on hospitality. And somebody says, you know, hey, um, we, need a, we need somebody to host a community group. And, and you scored really high and helps. And so your heart just goes out like, man, I, I'm not really gifted at hospitality, but man, if you need my house, you can have my house. And you host a community group for 10 weeks, and after that quarter's over, you sit back and examine it, and you're like, surprisingly, I did not want to kill anybody. I actually enjoyed having people at my house. Well, guess what you should probably keep doing? Hosting a community group. Well, I can't do that because I scored too low. Uh, No, this is just a test. It's just a diagnostic tool. just kind of helps you understand a little bit better how you tick. Um, Here's a good question to ask when you start to serve in an area. Are you surviving or are you thriving? There's a big difference between the two. Are you surviving or are you thriving? Surviving means you may be doing a good job, but you're pedaling like all heck has broken loose to stay afloat. You're barely hanging on. Thriving is you're killing it. You get to do the things that you like even though you don't have to. Make sense? Okay and then finally, um, so if you're following along, these are all e-words. You can explore, which is what you're doing with the test. You can experiment um, there's descriptions for all the areas on the table that you can, ex- you can experiment. Try to find some different places to serve. Just pick something and try it. Third, you can examine when you're serving. Ask yourself those questions. Listen, we have ministry team leaders here at the gathering that I'm not going to say that we never take it personally if you come to us and say, I don't want to be on your team anymore because I don't feel like I'm thriving But our heart, more than us feeling good about our team, is to help you feel good about where you're serving. And so if you came to us and said, hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity to greet people at the door, but I just don't like people. we would be like, man, we hate to lose somebody, but let's find another area for you to serve in. We want you to succeed. And then finally, um, expect. And here's where we just don't want you to be limited to a test score. Ephesians 3.20 says that God can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. I love that. So you take your test, you take your score, and you kind of look at it and go, all right, it looks like I'd be good at these three things, so I'm going to start trying these three things, but we're never going to limit you, nor do we want to limit God based on what you just scored on a test. Because Ephesians 3.20 says he can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. So I want you to let him breathe... His gift of the Holy Spirit into your gifts from the Holy Spirit. Never limit God just based on what you scored. Um, so going back to the users of users and oozers, what's the surefire way to always be an oozer? Have a disease? <laughs> no. The surefire way to always be an oozer is to always serve in areas where you're gifted and passionate. Always serve in areas where you're gifted and passionate. Um, you will not be surprised by this, but one of the places that I scored really low was administration. I, you can ask Wendy, I, I say these words at my house all the time, details want, make my head wanna blow up. Like if I have to deal with details very long, literally I can just feel the pressure in my head and I just want it to go Cause I just can't handle it. Administration, not my deal. Just not my deal. So if I had to do that all the time, I won't last very long as your pastor. I'll, cause I'll, I'll just spontaneously combust, which if you don't like me, the way to get rid of me is to make me do details all the time. I'm just, I'm giving you ammunition to get rid of me. I can't believe I just did that. But if I can just do what I'm good at, what I'm gifted at, then it's not work for me. And you've got... This goes back to that first question. What are things that you like to do, but you don't have to do? You would do them if you didn't get paid. You just love doing it. That's what we want you to find. So that's back to the big idea. It's easier to buzz when you know what makes you hum. It's easier to buzz when you know what makes you hum. Um, I'm not trying to use you as an example too much, but think about Lauren. Lauren's not going to have to be pushed onto an airplane to fly to Paris. I don't think right? Nobody drug her out of the car to put her up on this platform to share her passion with you. It just oozes out because she's found something that makes her hum. And what makes her hum is community in a city, and that city is Paris. And it was Charlotte for a while, and now it's going to be Paris. But do you see what the the comparison is? In Charlotte, what made her hum was community in a city. And now God's just picking her up and putting her in another city. But it's still community in a city. She knows what makes her home, and so it's it's easier for the love buzz to just ooze out of her. And it's not just for Lauren, it's for all of us. That's how this works.